Tuesday morning on this 19th of January, 6th of Shvat. Good morning, all. Well, we've had the opportunity over the last couple of weeks to feature some of the great people at uh, Turo College. And um, that continues this morning. Dr. Marion Stoltz-Loike is with us, Dean of Turo's Lander College for Women and Vice President of Online Education at Turo. You can only imagine how many people want to hear about her expertise during this uh, challenging time of COVID-19. Dr. Marion Stoltz-Loike, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thanks so much, Nachum. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and... uh, I appreciate your uh, your warm introduction and your you know your facilitation of this discussion. It's an incredibly important topic. Well, it certainly is, and I would imagine you're one of the most sought after people in America at this point. <laughs> if you're a vice president of online education, let's start with that. Then, of course, we'll go back to Turo College or Lander College for Women and the uh, and, and Turo in general. Um, I mean, this has been uh, such a challenging period of time. I think what might be um, what might be uh, most um, jolting to everybody is we never thought it would last this long. Uh, At the beginning, you know, Zoom education seemed like, you know, a a good Band-Aid, an interesting way to approach things when uh, people had to be separated and apart. But I didn't think that we felt that in January of 2021, for a lot of students, this would be uh, their full time way of learning. So uh, the impact of all this online and Zoom learning of st- on students, I mean, we've discussed on this show how it's affected the youngsters. We've uh, discussed how it's affected the high schoolers. You could tell us how it's affecting those of college age. I'll tell you what's interesting. And first of all, when you said uh, my busyness, it's luckily I don't like to sleep too much. So, <laughs> so it's been okay. Uh, but the, the idea is For college students, I think their initial reaction when we went uh, out of the classrooms in March, and I have to say, at Turo, our president, Dr. Kadish, was just brilliant in terms of getting us ready to move quickly. And within a week of uh, when we had a sense that the pandemic was going to be something that required us to be out of the classroom, we had moved fully to Zoom. We had gotten everyone prepared. We did a lot of training. Uh, and so on. And beneficiaries are obviously students. I think what I've heard from students both at Turo and elsewhere is their initial reaction was they were just happy to be able to continue their education. They sort of, uh, what made them a little bit concerned was everyone is going to leave because of the fear of this pandemic and what's going to happen? Is that going to delay when they can graduate? Are they going to have unfinished courses? What are they going to do? And I think initially they were just, as I said, extremely happy to be continuing their education. Uh, What also we found is that students were amazed at how well faculty did, Mm -hmm. that the ability of faculty to pivot and provide real value in terms of education, was something that students appreciated tremendously. And I've gotten more notes from students about that than I ever have before. And we've obviously, like many, many colleges, have done many surveys to document that, what faculty needs in terms of additional support, how are students experiencing things. And those, when I'm talking about student satisfaction, it's at a graduate and an undergraduate level. But I think now where it's been almost a year that uh, 
people have been out of the classroom or out of normal classroom settings, I think for a lot of students, they're exhausted. And probably a lot of what you've been speaking about, particularly with high school students, also affects university students. And it's a matter of really being, um, they're comfortable, they're happy with their education, that it's going along, but what they miss are the social components. Yep. And right, and they're particularly, what I always call is the accidental conversation over lunch, in a hallway, the ability to speak to a faculty member or a fellow student about things. And that's really something that students are missing tremendously. Yeah, you know, I just want to remind this audience, and you mentioned Dr. Kadish before, the president of Turo, and, and, and it's, it sounds like you're saying, you know, he, he was so ahead of the curve, he was, uh, um, uh, he, he was, you know, prophetic in some ways in terms of realizing what was going on. We had him on the air on March 3rd, the same day, the same day that we had a guest from China in our studio. So imagine that, you know, we still, even we, who've been really careful since COVID started, or, or at least, you know, since a couple of weeks after that day, um, you know, we, we actually had a guest from China in our studio, which of course would be unheard of at any point uh, during the heart of COVID, uh, you know, to invite anybody into the studio, but certainly not somebody who was coming from China at that time. And on the same day, Dr. Kadish is already telling us and giving us information that's going to be very helpful and useful as uh, as this pandemic looms. Uh, so, yeah, to say ahead of the curve or, you know, thought in advance or prophetic, whatever word you want to use, it sounded like everybody was well prepared. And only if you're well prepared at the top is the faculty going to be, as you described, ready to pivot, ready to adjust, ready to adapt to a whole new situation. Right. That's that's very correct. And I would say beyond being prophetic, he was he was just brilliant in terms of saying we need to do yeah. this. We need to do it for our faculty. We need to do it for our students. But what you're talking about with China, I was actually in Eretz Yisrael coming back on March 1st. Wow. So people in Israel were already, um, they were wearing masks. So I had stopped off in London on the way back, and everyone on the flight from Israel, or almost everyone, was wearing a mask. The flight, flight from London wasn't. People just had different perspectives of, about what this meant and what the future was going to look like. Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, I think the, the what dominated that week, meaning the first week in March here, was not handshakes. In other words, everyone started with the, the elbow bumps and you know nobody wanted direct contact in that way, but the social distancing, masks, et cetera, had not yet begun. You know, it's funny, and, it, and this is a really extreme example. So, you know, I mean, but I'm sure you'll get the point. Dr. Marion uh, stoltz Slaky, the uh, dean of Turo's Lander College for Women and Vice President of Online Education at Turo, is with us. Extreme example, but, you know, for instance, I read the other day that the life expectancy has now reduced by a year. First time that's happened in almost 20 years, that the life expectancy for an average American is reduced, and that's, of course, because of the terrible things that have happened over the last year with those who've um, who've uh, succumbed to to COVID, I mean the numbers are just crazy, and of course uh, there are many in the in, in you know in the middle aged uh, category as well. So it really affected the numbers that way. Now, obviously, the average person who stays healthy will not be affected by this till years from now, until they get to you know around that age, so to speak. How do we evaluate when it comes to the social environment? And I have a high schooler, and I have a lot of college-age kids. Um, how do we evaluate what this lack of social activity is going to mean 
down the road? Do, do we assume it's going to affect them in an adverse manner? Does it depend you know, solely on the type of kid it is? H- how are we going to judge what this has done to them socially? You know, Nahum, it's a fascinating question. Uh, I spoke to uh, some high school principals last week, and they were saying that they're already planning about what do you do for the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders right. coming into high school, because that's where you're going to see a lot of impact. I think for college students, um, number one, in general, we expect them to be adults, be on their own, and we have to realize that they're going to need different kinds of supports coming in, that we hear from students, they've missed 12th grade. Mm-hmm. If they were in Eretz Yisrael last year, they missed part of their Shana Aleph experience. Right. We're seeing more students staying for Shana Bet for the full year because college is online and because they did miss those that Shana Aleph experience. So there are a lot of things going on. But I think one of the pieces that people very often don't think about is the impact of having interactions. Because on a high school level, level, on a college level, kids are interacting socially distanced, but with masks. And you're missing out on picking up all kinds of social cues. So normally (laughs) you would see someone's face, their expression. (laughs) Right. You're only seeing their eyes. Right. And right, and you may miss <laughs> smiles or things like that. And that's where I think families, even for high school students and college students, are just so important. Those extra hugs that you give your kids. Because the what I would call virtual hugs you're getting from your friends, which is those smiles right. you're not getting because you're not seeing them because they're wearing masks. So also uh, one of Yeah, yeah no, I, go ahead. I, I just would going to mention one thing that's really interesting because we interviewed students for a variety of issues and what we found is often you get a more natural inter- interview over zoom than you do in person because over person in person i'm masked <laughs> the student is masked we're eight feet apart right whereas over zoom they can see my face and i can see theirs Whoever thought there'd be an advantage to Zoom. Uh, so so the yeah. so the, the most important part of the social part, and I know we're talking about education, but just bear with sure. me because the most important part to you is that interaction, even if it's six feet apart, even if it's with masks. Because I'm saying to myself, what about the events? What about just wanting to go out and do something? Like, is that right. is that equally as bad? Or if, in fact, our kids are maintaining some type of in-person social life, the fact that they can't go bowling or, or can't go to a movie or can't hang out together at a pizza shop table, that that's not nearly as important. Well, look, all of that is important because, it's, again, we, you know, the prescripted interactions are one piece. So I call up a friend and I say, let's go for a walk together on Shabbos afternoon with our masks, socially distanced, great. But what we're missing out on when you talk about the pizza shop is it's not just the pizza shop. I'm there with one friend and then we see two more who join us. I'm in the, right, I'm, think of our own experience. Like you mentioned your college age kids. When you were in college, Nachum, the fact that you were walking out of a class and just started talking to someone. And this, whether it's a personal interaction or an academic experience, you're missing all of that. Stopping faculty members in a hallway to ask them a question. 
keeping up with information. We need a different set of skills. When you ask about those social pieces, it's not just what we're missing, but we need a different set of skills to compensate for it. And sometimes you can get that through tips. You know, somebody will tell you what to do and it's an aha moment. And sometimes it just takes learning. So, for example, let's say um, in class, and and again, this is social and classrooms. So what happens typically? You're in a class, a professor is lecturing, or in high school, your teacher is is talking to you, and you miss something. So you lean over to the person next to you and say, what did they say? Was it 1965 or 1956? And someone tells you in a minute. Now, faculty may not allow you to keep on your chat. Faculty may, um, obviously, so they don't want you doing that. You may not want to text somebody during class because you missed something else, and now you've missed the point. So what's a skill? Jot down a note to yourself, email a faculty member. So the idea is it works. You can make up for it. Same thing as... Look, one of, one of the pieces in a classroom, you hear what someone else is saying, and that may be the basis for an informal mm-hmm. conversation, of a course. friendship afterwards. Of course. But you don't have that, right? So, someone brings because up you a, hear a good someone point, brings, and then you're on to your next news. Right. Someone, right? someone brings up a discussion about a relative, and then after class you find that, oh, you're related to them, so am I, that type of thing. <laughs> it, just, exactly. it just can't happen right now. Uh, Dean Marion Stoltz like he's with us. So, okay, so I want to talk more about the online platform, and we will. But what's happening practically now? I mean, I have, you know, again, you know, the kids that I still have in school, some of them are Zoom only. Some of them are some t- type of hybrid. They have a choice. They can go and hear the lecture live if they want. Some need labs. You know, if you're a nursing school, you got to be there and in person, uh, you know, the maximum amount of time that's possible. So now what's happening at, at, at Turo's Lander College for Women? Is it all Zoom? Is it some type of hybrid? How would you describe it? Yeah, we have three modalities. Students can attend in a classroom. They can attend fully on Zoom, or they can do what you described as the hybrid. So um, some, they, can, they have a class that's going on simultaneously <clears throat> in a classroom, but they can join remotely. And, and, what we've, and, yeah. and, and all the teachers, all the professors cooperate with that, meaning they, they do make all of their yeah. offerings available in, in person if... Uh, you know, if a student wanted to be there in person? Or are there some teachers, so some professors that, yeah, it's that a have great, no- It's a great question. It took uh, my staff and I quite a bit of time and focus to be able to um, plan all of that out. So we have some classes. We know faculty members who can come on, on campus, some who can't. And we've worked out which classes are on campus or not around that. What our goal has been is to provide flexibility for students so that they can choose what works best for them. And that's what students have been doing. Uh, And we found most of our students actually do want to be on Zoom, do want to join remotely, but are waiting to be able to come on campus. And again, one of the things they want to come on campus for is to see their friends. Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah, and as we look to the future, I'd like to think that in September, what we're planning to do is have much, much more in the class with many more students, but we recognize that students want that flexibility. So we're looking at, can we do courses on Zoom as well? And also introducing a new program 
where it would be students would join classes via Zoom or totally asynchronous and be able to do that for a semester um, just to fit their schedule. They may be doing an internship. There may be other reasons as well they would want to do that. And this way we give them flexibility through this flex time kind of program to have options of how they're taking courses. Has your spring semester started yet? We start on Monday. This coming Monday? The answer is everybody is on intercession now taking a deep breath. Yeah, I don't blame them. Um, So we may get to a point where there'll be a real residency requirement. I mean, obviously, when someone gets a degree from a college, there is a residency requirement, right? You need a certain number of credits and sometimes a certain number of credits within your last credits that are done at the university, that one specific place that's giving you a degree. It's possible we may get to another level of residency that, yes, you can, you know, you could take Zoom courses and you could arrange your schedule to be remote, but you must be in person for at least this many per semester or per your college career, right? We could be heading in that direction. Right. Absolutely. And Nahum, you asked also about the lab. Right. So that's one thing where we do believe, you mentioned nursing students or whatever, uh, in our both in our undergraduate and graduate programs, wherever possible, we are encouraging students to do those labs in person. And certainly in our nursing program or in our, our DO program or, or medical schools or dental schools, we are expecting there are things that students must be on campus for, and that's what we're expecting them to do. For some of the didactic classes, um, there can be more flexibility, but for the labs, for the simulations, for the practicums, we are expecting them to be on campus because that's the way that they can learn. Now, we do have students, about uh, 40% of our students are not from the tri-state region. So if they're not living in the dorm, we have uh, introduced flexibility on the undergraduate level for things like labs so that they can do that online again for this semester. Right. Uh, Could you give me a... uh do this, don't do this for teachers. And this could probably apply based on your expertise. I bet you could apply to those who are elementary school teachers on Zoom, high school teachers on Zoom. Give me one, never do this, um, which teachers might tend to do in a remote atmosphere. And one, this really works. You should try to implement this if you're a teacher at any level. Uh, Okay, so that's a great question. What I would say is, first of all, Um, a lot of faculty require students to keep their video open. Right. And that is a, I would almost, you know, to your do do this or don't do that, I would always almost say think about it. Because there are a lot of reasons why students don't want to have their videos open. Um, Privacy issues. They may be doing their Zoom in a bedroom. They may be doing it in a public space where other people are walking by. Um, There may be all kinds of reasons they don't want to keep their video open. Um, So I would say to faculty, they should not require it, Mm. but they should require students to be present. So one faculty member, for example, said, if your video is off, I will call on you. Um, If your video is on, I will only call on you if you raise your hand. Right. So this way, faculty members can use that to be sure students are present. They certainly can call on students, whether or not their video is on, but they have to recognize what, and I think most faculty do by this point, but the challenge, the personal challenge that so many students have being on video. 
The other piece, as far as the what they can do for this, there's another piece also that's really interesting, which is um, involving students more in the process of education. So first of all, if you stop to ask for a question, count to five before you move on. Because if students are unmute, it takes them a while to unmute to ask the question. If it's student, <laughs> that's right? That's true. Yeah, if, that's true. If you, if you allow students to chat, then if there's something in the chat, don't just answer the question, but invite the student to expand on what they've said so they can really participate in the classroom more fully. There are reactions on Zoom. Encourage that. Use polls. And even ask students what you can do to engage them more in the class. And the other thing is office hours, cyber chat office hours, are extremely important for students to feel connected with the faculty member and connected with the class. Right. Wow. I didn't even think about students meeting with teachers. That's such an important part of the regular day in the college atmosphere. Yeah. You know, stop by the office or come by and ask a question, that whole thing. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I've thought of that in 10 months, frankly. Uh, anything specifically for parents? Uh, Dr. Marion stoltz is with us, Dean of Turo's Lander College for Women, Vice President of Online Education at Turo. Any specific message for parents who are trying to help their uh, young men and women uh, navigate through this whole Zoom process? Sure. So, number one, I, I think what's been interesting to me is that parents are here, even at a university level, what's going on in class more than they ever did before. Good, good point. So I get comments from parents, good and bad, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing, right? Parents can be involved in their kids' educational process in a way that they haven't before. Right. Um, but the idea is also parents may need to support their students, their children, even when they're college-age students, in terms of what's going on in the classroom. Encourage your kids to get up and walk around. Um, certainly, if you, some of our students have back-to-back -back Zoom classes. So just doing things like standing up and stretching, that can be really important. Um, but it's also, now that parents are home with their kids, they have an opportunity to talk about what their, their, you know, adult children are learning in a way they didn't before. When, you're, when your kids are going to class and then coming home or your kids are away for college, you don't have that same opportunity. You have quick calls, yep. whether it's on video chat or elsewhere. But here, they're in the environment where you are. One of the things that I found is interesting that I'm hearing from parents also is that they're taking this as a watershed moment. The idea of having their kids around much more has been really wonderful for them. One of the issues, though, that I think is, is a big challenge on the part of parents is now less so than last semester, um, there are fewer people using uh, technology simultaneously because most of the high school and elementary school kids are back in school, it, you know, except when they get quarantined. I mean, right. We all know yeah. that keeps happening. Right. But there are fewer people, fewer demands on the bandwidth. But number one, make sure the bandwidth is adequate for your your son or daughter so that they can participate fully in their classes. That's number one. I think the other thing is also distractions. 
it is distracting to kids when they are um, doing a class if people keep passing by in the back or backgrounds or if there's noise in the background. So whether for the noise, whether you have good sound canceling uh, headphones that your son or daughter can use during their classes or just trying to minimize background noise, particularly when they're taking exams. And that's the last thing I would say is find out when exams are and try to keep it quiet in the house at that point so that your son or daughter can maximize their performance. Yeah, when I see a message on the WhatsApp, uh, taking a test, do not uh, knock on my door. You know, I, I say to myself, yeah. boy, do I hope I remember this for the next hour. Make sure not, right. to, not to disturb. Um, uh, finally, I'm going to ask you to uh, to join my bandwagon, which I've been on uh, or I've been trying to lead for the last uh, I don't know how many years. Um, there are many, many in our community uh, who will finish high school, especially in certain segments of our community, who will finish high school, and that will be the end of their formal courses of study um, uh, for whatever reason, whatever reason, uh, which we don't have to go into now. I think people understand that people you know, make decisions based on a lot of different things. Um, and, and then years later, they may look back with regret because if they only would have been in a formal course of study in a specific area, they would be much further advanced in whatever field they eventually uh, decided to uh, pursue. So could you join me in encouraging uh, both uh, uh, high schoolers uh, who are looking toward their college years uh, and their parents uh, to look seriously at a formal course of study, especially one like yours in a Jewish environment, because often that's the decision they make. They don't think the environment is kosher enough for them. In a Jewish environment like yours, this is for men and women. I think you'd agree with me. It applies to both. And that a formal course of study, and whatever the pursuit is, will will definitely uh, uh, help someone achieve much greater heights in that area down the road uh, than if they try to do it either on their own or through some internet service uh, or, or whatever method they're using. Yeah, Nahum, I, I think you've said it as well as I could. I agree with you fully in terms of what you're saying. I think it's such an absolutely important point. One of the focuses when Dr. Lander created uh, Pro College and now Dr. Kadish continues in that direction is a focus is always on Parnassa for, and to be Mafarnas Bekavod. Right. And the idea is with an education, it just creates so much more of a direct read. And I've seen across the board um, young men and women pursuing all kinds of careers in education, in psychology, in now computer science, which is, you know, everything, um, in law, in OT, PT, PA, and it's transformational for a family. And what's nice is so many of these uh, professions really give young men and women an opportunity for Parnassa, but also time for their family. And it's a very different career path than if they hadn't done it than if they hadn't gone to college. I think also the other point that you made is going to school in a Jewish environment, especially these days, is so comfortable for so many of our students because they have their challenge to think and challenge to explore ideas and challenge to um, be professionally and academically successful. And at the same time, they're doing it in an environment that encourages their religious growth in yep. every way. Yep. Um, in the dormitory, Shabbosim, yep. um, it's an unparalleled experience when they have Shabbos in the dorm. It's 
something that doesn't happen, obviously, in other colleges. But also on a daily basis, the shiurim we have, Rabbi Goldwasser, Rabbi Flam, um, other, you know, other rabbanim and mechanchim who come and speak to our students on a regular basis. But it's also the whole perspective we have, the questions that people can ask. Um, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite stories is one of our graduates several years ago, her parents were, uh, well, they still are, both in Chinuch, and she came to us as a student, and brilliant young woman. She eventually graduated as our valedictorian, went on to uh, Columbia Law School, and she now supports a husband, Bar Hashem. She graduated. She did terrifically. She was top of her class. She's working for one of the major corporate law firms in Manhattan, and uh, she supports her husband who sits and learns. Right. And that was always her path. Um, and so she hasn't in any way given up what she wanted to do, um, but it, it's very different than what she had imagined before she started college. And since she enrolled, She's had a number of younger siblings, one in psychology, one in speech, who are, Baruch Hashem, equally uh, capable, but have also done similar things. One other thing, though, Nachum, I wanted to add in general before we finish, which is you asked about the Jewish environment. And I want to say with this whole transition to Zoom, Shabbos Shabbos is always a bracha, but it's something really of a bracha in every way. Trips to the library have become the only outing almost that we can do. <laughs> but true. right, but those yeah. books for Shabbos, yeah. the ability to say to your kids, there is a time where Zoom is off, technology is off. This is what life is about, even for families who allow technology, is really important because the transition will be back there. And Shabbos, as always, is the model of what a what the future will look like and what a more perfect environment can be. 100%. Great point. Uh, Dr. Marion Stoltz-Leike, Dean of Turo's Lander College for Women. Um, so I guess you're not seeing as many students as a dean normally would during a college year. And I'm sure you crave to get back to a regular campus environment. But as you said, hopefully that it will be back when we get to the uh, full semester. Please, God. Yeah. The, the truth is I'm seeing them on Zoom. Right. <laughs> I'm seeing them. I'm hearing from them via email um, or text or WhatsApp or whatever technology they choose. To but there's use. but there's nothing like I look forward see, to my office. But if I was if I was a dean, I would think there's nothing like that pop in, uh, you know, greeting from a student who you know, shows some appreciation and says hello to you. Uh, you know, each morning. I don't know. I, I, I... 100%. <laughs> or to be able to walk around right. and just bump into students in the hall and get there, you know, say hello, greet them, which I do, but they're uh, obviously far from you. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Turo has 33 schools, 245 programs, and the Turo Lander College for Women uh, is led by Dr. Marion Stoltz. Like the information about all of this as we continue to encourage, and parents out there, parents, and I'm probably speaking to 50,000 parents right now, can, can uh, convince, trust me, it's a worthwhile investment of time and energy. Convince the young men and women in your family that a formal course of study like the one we're discussing this morning is critical to their future and to their family's future and to your extended family's future. 
I'm telling you, I don't think there's a more important message from these conversations. Information about all of this, go to Turo.edu, T-O-U-R-O, Turo.edu. Uh, uh, Dr. stoltz Loiki, always a pleasure. You're a great guest. Continued success. Uh, c- continue enjoying this little break until you get to Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nassim. Thank you so much. And I want to thank also all the parents and faculty and teachers for what they do to make all of this work for all of our students. But thank you, Nachum. It's always a pleasure. You're a wonderful interviewer. I love our conversation. <laughs> Appreciate Thank you, and thank you for your support of Turo. A hundred percent. Appreciate that very, very much. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Monday, the semester begins again. Hopefully, the next time the semester begins again, things will seem a lot more normal. Tuesday morning broadcast. This is JM in the AM. <laughs> <laughs>